From the high desert in Far East West Texas, this is the world's fastest growing sports media podcast with that sports TV ratings. Hi, I'm Robert Seidman, and the NBA season is right around the corner with opening night on Tuesday, October 16th, which will feature a doubleheader on TNT. And I thought it'd be a great time to talk to Turner Sports' SVP of programming, Albert Scooter Vertino. And we talked uh, some MLB at the start, including uh, Astros not getting any primetime love. Uh, but mostly we discussed the NBA season. Uh, but I threw in a little bit of score bugs and even a little bit of WWE. I hope you enjoy it. So joining me today is uh, Albert Scooter Vertino from Turner Sports. Albert, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. So I uh, just want to have uh, some general M- uh, MLB chat. I know you're SVP of programming and uh, also largely responsible for uh, producing the NBA product, but you also uh, weigh in on some of the uh, the MLB stuff. So uh, uh, first of all, I guess uh, condolences or uh, well, congratulations on getting Yankees Red Sox and condolences on it uh, only going four games instead of five. Yeah, you know, in, in programming land, um we root for the more games, the better. Uh, and so, yeah, we're always rooting for, you know, five games in that divisional round and seven games in the LCS. Uh, but it was uh, certainly uh, in the four games, uh, it, that, that particular matchup did not lack for drama. So um, it was a lot of fun while it lasted. Yeah, so I and I'm sure you've heard this, and I'm I'm sorry to drag you through it, but I know some people, uh, which seems like a whole lot of people when you're on Twitter, uh, and certainly some players aren't happy, uh, say with the Astros not getting any primetime love, and I, I really feel for for players and fans. Uh, I understand why they're uh, where they're coming from, and uh, I, you know, but I also admit I'm part of the problem because I really like watching. Uh, Yankees Red Sox in prime time I do really get both sides uh, how do you respond you know from the network side uh, you know and I, I know you're a big baseball fan too uh, but how do you how do you respond to Astros fans who wish that they got some more prime time love well not only was it Astros fans but I, I saw Alex Bregman talking about it yesterday as well or, or two days ago um, and uh, you know he certainly uh, as, as are anybody connected to the game, uh, entitled to their opinion on, on ma- matchups and start times. And- yeah, if I, can, if I can just interject, I think, his, I think his quote was something like, Tiger Woods doesn't tee off at 8 a.m., Mr. Bregman's quote. Yeah, I, although I, I, I would argue, I, I think there are some days where, where Tiger Woods does tee off at 8 a.m. Um, when, you, when you have a, a tournament that's Thursday, Friday, right. um, you know, he's going to go early one day and late the next. So I, I, I would I would beg to differ with him on that particular comparison. But I, I do understand the frustration on his end, um, and and I, I get it. Uh, but, you know, Yankees-Red Sox is such an iconic matchup. Um, the first time since, uh, you know, 2004 that we saw it in, in the playoffs. And uh, I think we owe it to ourselves and our viewers to also uh, leverage – um, that particular matchup for um, where it's going to reach the, the largest amount of our fans and viewers. And that, that was the strategy behind putting them in prime time. Um, you know, I, is it, you could argue it's the, it's the best rivalry in sports. I mean, yeah. I guess some people might argue on the college football side with Ohio State, Michigan, or maybe on the NBA side with um, Lakers Celtics. Uh, and and those are, those are good comparisons too. I just think it's, it's one of those that doesn't come along very often and, and, 
it was our responsibility at that point to take advantage of, of those circumstances. No, I, t- I, I totally understand. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm assuming I, I don't want to get you in any trouble or, or get you talking out of school, but, uh, I, I'm assuming like in this particular instance that, uh, not only was the, the league in on the decision, but supportive of it as well. Is that, is that fair? Well, I mean, we work and collaborate with the league on all those decisions. So, um, you know, and, and it has to be, it's that partnership. So if, if the league, you know, wasn't on board, then we wouldn't be doing it. And if we weren't on board, we wouldn't be, you know, like if, if there has to be some give and take there. So, um, and, and by the way, I would argue that, uh, you know, we don't, I don't know if argument's the right word, but we don't agree on everything that we do when we work with our league partners. Um, but then again, we don't agree on everything we do internally. Sure, um, sure. You know, we, we go back and forth, and there's always, uh, you know, usually a devil's advocate in the bunch somewhere, which is great because if everyone thinks the same way, then, you know, we're not really, we're not really accomplishing much. So, um, yeah, you know, MLB uh, has been great when, with regard to, you know, um, you know who we want to put on, when we want to put them on. Uh, but they certainly have their opinions as well. So, um, you know, we work together and, and whether it's that particular series, which I get is a hot button topic to an extent, um, or the other series in, in the DS, um, or, you know, what we're going to do with um, Houston and Boston going forward. Those are, you know, those are daily calls, daily emails, uh, feedback, um, and, and we just, you know, find a consensus at some point. Right. So you're, you're going to get a, a what I would consider a great ALCS with the uh, with the reigning world champion Astros and the Red Sox. Um, but can you can you talk maybe even just generally like uh, and, and yes, I know you'd much rather uh, whatever happens, you know, you're you're rooting for seven games. Uh, but but can you speak to like how how much of a difference do you think it'll make that the uh, you know, that the that the Red Sox are playing the Astros versus some team that wasn't the Yankees or the Red Sox. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a, um, I think it will be a sizable difference if you're talking about numbers. And I, I couldn't really quote what the exact um, assumption would be, but, but the Red Sox, you know, similar to the Yankees are such a brand name as far as, um, uh, Red Sox nation, if you will, um, covers more than just that New England footprint. So when we're, you know, when we're looking at market size, yes, the Boston area is great, and so is Houston for that matter, but you're also going to get um, those fans that are displaced, whether they live in, you know, San Bernardino, California, or, you know, Cheyenne, Wyoming, that are going to tune in to see their sure. team play as well. So th- that that's where I think a team like Boston has an inherent advantage when it comes to what our ratings are going to look like, or we have an inherent advantage that Boston advanced uh, with that type of with that type of following. That that's uh, that that makes total sense. So I I want to move on to the NBA, and I I know NBA opening day is is only a few days away, but I want to go off script here a little bit because right before we started taping this podcast, I saw the news break uh, that uh, that uh, Candace Parker would be joining uh, joining uh, Turner Sports as a, as an NBA announcer, and uh, I'm just curious on a, on a couple of levels. Uh, one is um, just a general curiosity, like from 
uh, for your role, like how, how big of a role did you play in any of that? Um, and then more generally, like how, how do those things get hashed out and come about? But it's a, it's a great acquisition, obviously. No, thank you. Uh, look, we're very excited um, to have Candace as part of the team full time. Um, she has done uh, various assignments for us in the past, whether it was as part of the, the March Madness studio team um, or she had done some fill-in work on the NBA side, um, uh, both, I believe, TNT uh, and NBA TV. Um, she is, uh, well, first of all, you know, her resume and her bona fides speak for themselves. So that's, that's huge one. But there are a lot of great players that don't necessarily translate to being terrific announcers and personalities on TV. Um, with Candace, that's not an issue. Um, she is uh, extremely authentic. Um, but more importantly, she knows what she's talking about. And in basketball, um, in order to do college and pro, uh, you are kind of speaking two different languages. And I, I kind of always point out there's only a few people that speak college and pro basketball, and she's one of them. Um, so, you know, we, we had a couple losses this year um, with regard to uh, our NBA TV and TNT um, announced stable. Uh, you know, David Aldridge is, is certainly one, and, and he is a, a huge, huge hit. Uh, and then Brent Barry is another one. Right. And, um, you know, we don't expect Candace to necessarily replace Brent or do exactly what Brent was doing, but she will help um, make that loss a little bit more easy to digest because she's going to bring something to the table that we haven't had before. Um, and, you know, it's going to be great to have her in the house full time and, and work with her on, you know, some of her ideas and some things we may want to do with her. Um, and I think, you know, the, the, you know, to, to use a tired cliche, the sky is really the limit with her. Her ceiling is, is, uh, is somewhat uh, infinite. Um, as far as the uh, process to hire her, uh, that was uh, kind of, uh, let's see, Tara August, who is our vice president of, of talent relations and, and events, uh, kind of spearheaded that um, and, and ran point. And, um, you know, I, I didn't have a huge role in that particular um, contract negotiation other than to say, oh, hell yeah, that's yes, a great please. idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So uh, I'll, I'll gladly take credit for nodding my head and saying <laughs> that. That sounds good. That sounds good. So we're very excited. Um, look, Candace brings a ton to the table. Uh, the other thing that sometimes I think gets overlooked or underappreciated when it comes to uh, on our talent is she's very easy to work with um, and adjust on the fly. Right. So, you know, the ability to hit a curveball when you're on the air, I think, is something that people don't necessarily appreciate because maybe they don't see it when it happens. And that's the beauty of it. When someone does it, you don't know it because they're so smooth in how they do it. Um, but she's shown the ability to do that as well. And, and you know, she is, uh, while she is a veteran on the basketball court, she, I wouldn't say she's a novice, but she's just getting started uh, when it comes to her television career. And, and I think that, that that'll set a great uh, path for her uh, because bigger and better is most definitely in her future. Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, that uh, caught my eye and, uh, and one of the, 
and one of the the press releases or, or bullet point notes that uh, that you guys sent out was that uh, that this Tuesday will mark the 23rd consecutive season where uh, TNT has kicked off uh, the NBA season with a double header, and I and my first thought at that was, "Good Lord, I am old," but. Uh, but NBA is back, and you have a, a quite a night on Tuesday with the 76ers and Celtics and uh, Thunder Warriors. Uh, how excited are you for opening day after after a short off season? Well, I, well, it's funny you say that about feeling old because um, I am about let's see here two weeks away from my 23rd anniversary at Turner Sports. Wow, so you've been there the whole thing. Right, which would have been opening day because back then we we you know we came on a little bit later right, right. before we before the schedule was was expanded. So uh, I know of what you speak. No, as far as opening night, it's going to be awesome. Um, very excited to have you know basically in the East um, two of the top three teams by all you know estimations on our air to start, um, and certainly the playoff rematch even though it's a one game one night type of situation is terrific yep storylines because of what happened with hayward last year on opening night it's fantastic to see him back it's great to see Kyrie healthy um and also you know philly comes in and and they're basically you know ready to roll plus um you know last year was such a roller coaster for markel folks so it'll be terrific to see him um and then you know along with the other guys that everyone's really high on with Joel Embiid and, and Ben Simmons. But then, you know, the nightcap I think will, will be very exciting. Um, anytime you have a ring ceremony, it kind of is, you know, that kind of like is the jumping off point. Right. right. And, and I think it's, um, I don't imagine those get old in golden state. I, I would think it's, it's still pretty exciting. Uh, and it'll be fun to see, um, you know, them getting ready and ramped up again. Um, with Golden State, you know, that one uh, storyline that will kind of remain in the shadows for a while will be what, what happens with DeMarcus Cousins and how do they integrate him into the offense yep. and, and the defense, obviously. But um, that's still a ways off. But, it, it, you know, it's more, more fodder to talk about, and, and there'll be, you know, more things to – to go back and forth on for our guys who usually don't need much prodding in the studio for that matter. But, uh, and, you know, and with OKC, I think it's exciting to see Paul George because there were so many pundits out there that just assumed when Sam Presti went all in and, and traded for Paul George that, um, you know, this wasn't going to, it wasn't going to work. Uh, and that they were going to lose him. Right. And, you know, when they lost last year, it became an even bigger story. And then when you saw the kids that got sent to um, the Pacers playing so well during the, the playoffs, uh, you know, it seemed like the deck was stacked against them. And then they, you know, they wound up signing them to, a, to an extension at, at 1201 Eastern. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of cool. And I think it also uh, lends itself to a discussion point with Kawhi Leonard, um, because a lot of people are just assuming that he's going to leave and, you know, look no further than what happened with the Thunder to see how, you know, once a guy gets into that family atmosphere with his team and and gets comfortable and tastes winning and all of those things that are important um, can, can sway what the popular thinking may be. Yeah. So uh, you got a, you got a very busy first week. So you get that, you get the first night and then, uh, and then two days later, you get the uh, the 76ers again, this time versus the Bulls. And 
uh, you get your first Lakers game uh, versus the Trailblazers. Uh, what's, what's the, what's for you personally, what's that first week look like? Where, where are you going to be physically? Um, so it's, it's, it's a good question. It's funny you ask. I had just made some arrangements. Um, I'm headed to Boston for ALCS games one and two. Nice. And then I'll, I'll stay in Boston for opening night and then make my way across the country on Wednesday for, um, Lakers at Portland and then back on Friday to Atlanta. So uh, trying to jam a whole lot in um, into a few days with different travel and uh, the Boston, you know, hosting the ALCS actually worked in my favor for that. But yeah, I'll be, I'll be all over the place. Um, and uh, you know, it doesn't, it, it, our travel here kind of comes and goes. It's a little bit sporadic, but opening, opening week plus the ALCS kind of makes for that perfect storm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, I want to ask you and maybe, maybe it just ties into my next question. And my next question is, uh, outside of opening week, like what are the, uh, what are the five dates that you have circled on your, your calendar that you're really looking forward to? Uh, but, but one thing before I forget, and, uh, I can, I can fix this in editing sequencing wise, but, uh, I, I really want to get your thoughts on, on LeBron in LA. And, um, I, I guess, I guess the way that I want to frame it is it's no surprise to me that LeBron in LA is a, is a big deal. And, um, and it's no surprise to me that, that, uh, that that's the storyline that's getting latched onto. Uh, but what is a surprise to me is it seems like somehow it's way bigger of a deal than I thought it would be somehow. Does that make any sense? I, I think so. I, I, you know, it was, it was talked about in such a way um, with, with the lead up, like, is this actually going to happen? Right. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think that was, um, you know, is it, is it going to happen? Is he going to go? Um, and, and things like that. And then when he actually did it, it was like, Oh wow. Yeah, this actually happened. And, um, so, you know, I, I think in, in Los Angeles, things tend to get magnified, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and I think that had a lot to do with it. Uh, I, I also think the fact that it was a multi-year deal that he signed kind of showed that he was, you know, all in, if you will, because that seemed to be an issue, um, the last several years in um, Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland, because he kept signing the one plus the one or the yeah. one and the out uh, and, and things like that. So, um, you know, I think all of that kind of kind of plays into it. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that I think that had something to do with it. Um, and, you know, look, we'll see. I mean, there's they, they whether whether the hype is is warranted, uh, I guess we'll 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 figure it out at some point. Um, but, you know, he's certainly, um, you're, you're, you, you are looking through life with different lenses when he's on your team. Yeah. So, um, I think that'll be, you know, something that, that they haven't necessarily had in Los Angeles in quite some time going back to, you know, Kobe's last year was a rough one because of, um, you know, because of health and everything else. Uh, all, all, you know, look, if you, if you look at his last night, obviously scoring 60 was an iconic way to go out, but the actual year was based more around his farewell than their yeah. success. So, you know, it's been a while, um, and, uh, it, it'll be exciting to see. Uh, I think also the fact that there's a lot of, um, 
scuttlebutt now as to, okay, LeBron's there, what's next? Yep. Right? And that's always going to be the thing, like, what's next? And um, it's, you know, is he going to bring any of these free agents because the class of 2019 is going to be so, uh, you know, relatively deep and you've got, you know, all kinds of guys that could up and go. And um, L.A., for better or for worse, is always assumed to be free agency home for everyone. Everyone yep. wants to go play there. Yep. Um, and uh, we haven't yet seen that, really, except with LeBron. Yep. Uh, so I, I think July 1st this summer will be telling. Okay, so uh, outside of the first week, what are the I'll, – I'll, I'll make it easier on you. I won't make you do five. Uh, what, are the, what are the top three games you have circled on your calendar that you're uh, really psyched up for and why? Um, I would say, um, you know, there's a lot of great games, uh, but – I would go with, um, you know, MLK night. We've got um, the Lakers and the Warriors. So, you know. That's a good I game. Think that, yeah, yeah. So that that will be, um, that will be great. Um, I think uh, another one to look at would be um, Thursday, January 31st. Uh, you know, the Sixers and the Warriors yep. is, uh, is good. Um, so those, those are two. And then there is one that's kind of a, um, a hidden gem, if you will. Uh, and this doesn't fall, you know, this, this kind of goes to like a basketball purist in me, I think. Okay. And that's Tuesday, March 5th. Uh, we have a doubleheader. So a lot of people are going to look at the second game, which is Celtics Warriors. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, but the, the first game, Rockets-Raptors, um, ah. is, is a really cool matchup, especially if you're looking at, you know, arguably, you know, the most gifted offensive player in the NBA and James Harden yep. against, when healthy, perhaps the best defensive player in the NBA and Kawhi Leonard. Yep. And I think, uh, I think that'll be a really cool, fun matchup uh, leading into Celtics-Warriors. So those, those will probably be my three – three games slash three nights to look at. Um, but I, I would add that the NBA um, and their and their scheduling team, and, and we do a lot with, with Tom Corelli uh, on their end, and on our end it's a, a gentleman named John Vandergrift who has only been involved in the scheduling of uh, Turner NBA games since the beginning of the contract with the NBA. Um, so give or take 35 years at that point. Um, and so they, they worked really hard uh, throughout July and into August to come up with the formula that was going to get us the best games uh, on Turner. And uh, we're, you know, so like I said, those games are great, but we're thrilled with the overall schedule. There, there um, are a ton of peaks here um, as far as, uh, you know, when you want to watch and who do you want to see and, and returning playoff teams and, uh, you know, cross-conference matchups right. and, and all of that type of uh, uh, compelling games, um, we've got them. Uh, so uh, not, not to put you on the spot or, or, or make you finalize any of your travel plans, but I'm, I'm just curious uh, uh, whether you plan to be in attendance for uh, LeBron's first game in L.A. No, um, I don't. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be at his first game as a Laker, but I will not be at his first game in L.A. 
Gotcha. I can't remember whether there's any new specific programming. In fact, other than other than Candace, I, I couldn't I couldn't come up with anything. But but is there any new programming that you want to talk about? Well, um, we may have a wrinkle here or two that will be unveiled later. So I want to I want to reserve the right to you know look look what's behind door number two at some point. But I think the biggest thing for us um, on NBA TV is we're moving players only to Monday night, uh, which was, um, you know, a, a, a Tuesday night initiative last year where it kind of took over for um, fan night. And right. so it became players only, segued to players only. We had a great experience with that. And we're going to move players only to Monday night um, to take advantage of Monday night's strong schedule of games. So that's one thing. Candace is another, obviously. Um, I would want to mention that, you know, two of two, another couple of talent that we've got on the NBA TV side that have been terrific, and and we look forward to seeing more of them this year. We one is Brendan Hayward, yep, uh, who who has been who's been great, and also uh, David Griffin, yep. who you know reached out to us when he became a free agent when um, things didn't work out with an extension in uh, in Cleveland, uh, and Griff has. Uh, really lent a lot to what we do both in front and behind the camera because it's institutional knowledge of how the business side works and the player evaluation. Um, you know, we've had, we've had coaches and we've had some, some uh, administrators, uh, Sam Mitchell and um, uh, Stu Jackson um, were very helpful in the past. Uh, Mike Fratello was somebody who, who has lived it for so long and understands it. Um, but I think David Griffin uh, you know, with his um, resume and his experience, both with the seven seconds or less Suns, and then uh, as the general manager with LeBron for, I believe, three of LeBron's four years in Cleveland, um, really gives us, uh, you know, a voice that we've not heard a lot from on our air, and it's, it's very helpful. So those are, those are some of the things, um, you know, I'd like to point out. The other thing is, you know, um, on a daily basis or a nightly basis, Monday through Friday on, on NBA TV. Like Game time. Well, so it's going to be, it, it, it'll be, but before the games, right? So we'll have the starters from 6 to 6.30, yep. 10 before tip from 6.30 to 7. And then you've got either Game Time, uh, which we're going to refer to this year as, as Game Time Live, uh, and then, uh, or a game. And right. so that, that's going to be, you know, the nightly menu for us on NBA TV. Yeah, I think a lot of people. I mean, and, and it's it's definitely not for lack of promoting it, but I, I think a lot of people don't realize just how many games uh, do air on NBA TV. It's uh, it's a hundred plus um, every year. Uh, the the one thing on NBA TV that that we kind of have an advantage with is our ability to flex, um, and now we still have to maintain. Um, you know. Um, uh, there are certain limits on teams sure, and, sure. and things of that nature, and, and we also deal with blackouts on NBA TV, which which you don't on the on the other national carriers. But but NBA TV does have the ability to flex when storylines present themselves. Um, we've had that in the past with teams on large winning streaks or someone trying to you know break a record and, and things of that nature. So we have that ability to do that, um, and then also you know crunch time, um, which is our version of the red zone yep. that, that, you know, goes um, several times a week that we like to take advantage of as well. So uh, again, we like to feel as though, you know, NBA TV is your one-stop shop when it comes to, you know, NBA fandom 
and, you know, what you want. You know, do you want stats? Do you want analysis? Do you want highlights? Do you want live games? Uh, we've got that. that, that it, you, you have that in spades. So uh, are there, uh, is there anything uh, new and maybe exciting on the, uh, on the technology front or the, the way that you uh, actually make the productions? Or is it uh, basically the same as last year? Not that there's anything wrong with that. Last year was great. No, I, and I appreciate that. Thank you. I think you'll see very similar to last year. Uh, I, 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 there may be some bells and whistles that we unveil a little bit later on in the year that I'm not really able to talk about currently, but I think you're going to see the same similar compliments, uh, cameras and replay machines, uh, our EVS machines, um, and things of that nature will be um, relatively standard to what we've done in the past. Um, one thing that, that I see a lot of on, uh, among the people that I follow, I'm not really, we might've talked about this before. I'm not really a, a stickler on this myself, but like anytime anybody ever makes like even the smallest changes to their score bugs, uh, people on Twitter start going off and, and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm just wondering like, like what is like, let's just say that say, say for, for next year, you decided you wanted to have an all new score bug for the, uh, for the 2019, 2020 season. Could you take me through what kind of process that is? Like, is it, is it as simple as have three people design one and I'm going to pick one, or is it some major complicated, long drawn out thing? Um, well, you're going to see, um, some new graphics on NBA TV, actually. So you will actually see some of that. So I can speak from I can speak from that process. Okay. Uh, and that's you know we 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 get together as a group. There's a production group and a design group, and and we'll look at you know um, what design will come to us and say, okay, here's what we think. Take a look at it. Here's a couple different examples. What are your thoughts? And then we'll go back and forth and 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 we'll come to a consensus. But I don't think it's it's quite as in depth as you know months and months of focus groups and things of that nature. Got the, it. the most look like, the most important thing with the score bug is always going to be the score. Can right. you see the score? Are yep. you, and, and are you are you taken away from action? So when when you position the score bug, is that a problem? Um, and 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 that type of thing. Fortunately, you know there was some. I I, I recall a social media. Um, kerfuffle, if you will, uh, what Notre Dame played Michigan earlier this year in college football yep. because the NBC score bug had Michigan, I believe their color on the bug was gold, and then every time you know they had the ball, I think the peacock was gold, so <laughs> there was a lot of confusion about was yep. there, and their flag, their flag on the, on the bug was gold too, so that kind of came up, and those things happen. Like, I, you know, I'm sure – they adjust the next week they played, you know, um, you know, Navy or Ohio state, and that's not going to be a problem. So, look, I mean, and everyone, the, the, the beauty and the, the tractoring, the tractoring's not a word, the de- <laughs> to the detriment of, of Twitter is that everyone has an opinion, right? So, Absolutely. And, and they can be heard. And yeah. so, you know, it's, it's, it's great. And, and, and that's fine. And, and the other thing is, you know, we owe it to our fans because, we're looking for engagement from our fans. So if, if, if we do hear something that, you know, is overwhelmingly negative about something we do, then you know what, maybe, maybe we should check. Absolutely. And see if, 
you know, like, are, are we doing the right thing here? So um, I think there's there's something to be said for that. But, look, we, we take the good with the bad on all that type of stuff, whether it's sure. the bug or uh, a camera or, you know, a replay or, you know, a lot of people have um, opinions about, you know, the strike zone that you use in baseball. <laughs> yes. And, you know, what when is too much too much? Should you have a trail on it? Should you have miles per hour? You know, we go with ones that have the frames on the corners, but we don't have the, the, the box that goes all the way around. Yep. You know, on Fox and ESPN, you'll get the box that goes all the way around. So, um, you know, it, it's – there's – I don't think there's an actual – any absolutes when it comes to graphics and design and things of that nature. I mean, are you spelling out the most important part of the game for your fans, which is the score? Yep. And then everything else should be secondary after that. Yeah. I don't know if that answered the question it, it per se, but, but okay. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, no, another thing I see a lot on my uh, Twitter feed that I really don't see in real life is uh, fans of the WWE. They are everywhere uh, in the uh, sports media Twitter. Uh, and I know you can't script the NBA like the WWE <laughs> can script the WWE, but in a magical fantasy land where you could, what's a storyline you'd love to see play out? Well, you know, when I when I first started at Turner, we were part of Turner Sports was WCW. So yep. uh, I was actually um, attended a few events with um, the late Craig Sager. He and I did did a uh, a story one time. We went to Bash at the Beach, where it was um, Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman wrestling against Carl Malone and Diamond Dallas Page. And um, I was I was a little um, disappointed when we got to the bash at the beach and I discovered it was not actually at a beach, uh, but rather inside Cox Pavilion on the campus of uh, San Diego State University. Um, but no, I look as far as as uh, um, storylines, I, I would just like to see, and, and it's impossible, but I'd like to see some of these guys that were um, that have been injury prone in the past, and I don't mean that in a, a that's not a slight toward whoever it is, but just, just see, I'd love to see guys play full strength. Gotcha. So we don't have a situation like last year when um, Boston takes Cleveland to seven games and Kyrie Irving isn't healthy or, you know, that, that type of thing. And I, or, or Chris Paul for that matter. Right. So Chris Paul against uh, Golden State last yeah. year during the West finals is having the series of his life and he's never been to the finals never been to the conference finals much less the finals before and and he's he's dominating the series and he pulls his hamstring yeah uh i I would just love to see and i know it's unrealistic um but if, if you know if we could get a season where the majority of of the guys can stay healthy i think that would be awesome i i totally agree with you on that so uh is there anything you're excited about uh, in the upcoming season that uh, that we didn't get around to talking about. I, I am curious to see how some of the rookies um, perform. And, um, you know, look no further than the city where we, you know, live and, and work here in Atlanta, uh, where the Hawks made a calculated risk when they traded um, for Trey Turner and they traded away Luka Doncic. Because I think both of those guys are going to have – uh, you know, they're going to be in the crosshairs of, you know, basketball fans and, to your point earlier, basketball Twitter um, when it comes to, you know, how they're looked upon and how, and how they are, are laying the foundation for two teams that want to turn it around and have been 
kind of down for a couple of years. Obviously, Dallas was a little bit further ahead in their rebuilding or else they wouldn't have um, signed DeAndre Jordan. And you could pair Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr. in Dallas, and, and you may have something that uh, is pretty dynamic um, for years to come. Atlanta is a little different situation when they've been looking for, you know, to their – to their strategic point, uh, salary cap flexibility for a couple of years. Once they started to break down, you know, the Al Horford and um, right. uh, Kyle Korver, um, Dennis Schroeder, that group, um, and, and you know, looking to go elsewhere and and kind of rebuild and and that type of thing. And they have three first round picks in next June's draft. So um, I, I'm interested to see those two guys play. Um, I know everyone's really excited about, you know, DeAndre Ayton and, and Marvin Bagley, and, and, and they should be. Uh, but I, I think watching the development of both Turner and Doncic is kind of an under-the-radar under the storyline that, that probably won't get a whole lot of national attention, but I think will be um, something to kind of track, not only this year, but a couple of years down the line. Right. Hey, you know, uh, sticking sticking with an Atlanta theme, if you, if you're interested in talking Atlanta, so uh, I think the the Hawks did something pretty cool with their uh, with their stadium rebuild and phases, basically where they just upgraded. I mean, they're they're basically calling it a new stadium. It's an upgrade to the old stadium, but it's an upgrade that you know that that knocked out a lot of suites and opened up some areas. And I'm just wondering, both from a you know, uh, from an, uh, as an Atlanta guy and as a basketball fan, uh, that seemed like a really cool project to me. I'm just curious as your thoughts on that. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I think they, um, you know, that arena has been in service since the 99-2000 season. So I think they felt like rather than, you know, take some money and finance a new arena, they would work with what they had. So I, I, I think there's, there's something to be said for that. Um, and they're being smart. I mean, the team last year wasn't competitive, and they knew that going into this year. It was, it's a rebuilding effort. So they are selling the sizzle before they sell the steak, and yeah. I think that has something to do with it. The other thing that they're doing this year – well, two things. Well, they renamed the arena, so I think that's kind of like that, you know, whether that has anything to do with anything, but it's, it's – you kind of turn the page from Phillips to State Farm. Yep. Uh, and then they also went with um, uh, a policy that their neighbors at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the Atlanta Falcons, had gone through where they had gone with extremely affordable concession prices. Yep. And um, the Hawks have adopted that for this season as well. And I'll be curious to see, because I think what the, what the Falcons said was, on the concessions, they wound up taking a loss, but overall it was a win because people take that money they're not spending on a $5 Coke because it's a $2 Coke and buy a jersey. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I think all of that will be very interesting. Um, And uh, you know, and the other thing that, that is overlooked with the Hawks as well, we talk about the arena, we talk about, um, you know, what I just mentioned with concessions and talked about, uh, renovations talked about Trey Young. They have a new coach, yep. And so I think that that will be interesting to see as well. He's a first-time coach, but he's been around success. And and Lloyd Pierce has been um, a highly respected developmental guy for quite some time. So 
Um, they've got a whole lot going on there, and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to kind of harness some of that energy and turn it into Ws that might be unexpected right out of the gate. Absolutely, it's that that stuff. That's that's going to be interesting to watch the the Hawks in general. So uh, I I know that uh, that the season hasn't started yet, and that it's not your job to play favorites. Uh, but the NBA Finals don't air on the Turner Network anyway. So uh, go ahead and and for posterity, uh, give me uh, give me your picks for who's going to be in the final finals and who's going to win. Well, while they're not on our air, we do cover them uh, pretty. Pretty intensely, with, religiously. Uh, I would NBA. say religiously. Yes. Yeah. I, apologies. Exactly. Apologies sure. to, uh, to to Turner and NBA TV on that. <laughs> That's quite all right. Uh, I would say if I'm just looking at um, you know basing this on nothing but uh, teams' ability to win games and not who I want to see, I would say that the the two favorites in my eyes would be uh, Golden State and Toronto. Um, well, I like that. And that and I, I put a little asterisk there. That's if. Um, uh, provided Kawhi Leonard is 100, uh, percent and then I would I would say and 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 we're we're also accounting that Demarcus comes back. Yep. Uh, and then I would say that, that Golden State would be the favorite to beat Toronto. So I would say Golden State and Toronto in the finals, and then my prediction would be Golden State would win. So I, I you know I I'm probably I probably favor that series more than uh, more than my friends at ESPN and ABC because because they wouldn't get the. Uh, uh, the the Toronto ratings counted in their uh, in their U.S. numbers, but uh, I'd really like to see that series. Yeah, I think it would be um, I think it would be uh, a compelling matchup. There's a lot of high end basketball to be played there, um, and and you know Kawhi. What hasn't occurred in any uh, in the last couple of years with Golden State is I don't think that anyone really had an answer for Durant, right? So I think certain teams had answers for, you know, Steph Curry um, to an extent, or they, you know, defensively, they kind of try and get him on an island and switch on to him. Uh, or they, uh, you know, Clay Thompson sometimes can get cold. No one's really had an answer for Durant, though. Durant has been that, that consistent uh, weapon that Golden State has gone to time and time again. I think Kawhi Leonard would, is potentially that answer, um, they could show up if that is indeed the matchup. Um, and yeah, I hear you with the ratings. I mean, that that would be a business concern of theirs, I would imagine. But um, you know, that's I, I'm sure the Raptors are thinking, well, that's not my problem. <laughs> and Ra- Raptors fans too. So the uh, the NBA season starts uh, this coming Tuesday, October 16th, and kicks off with the 76ers Celtics on TNT. Uh, Scooter, thanks as always for joining the podcast. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, thank you very much for having me. It's always fun. Thanks again to Scooter Vertino for joining the podcast and uh, schedule God's willing. I am scheduled to tape with Jamel Hill later today. And today is October 11th as I tape this. And uh, if that goes off as planned, that podcast will come out on Sunday, October 14th. And in the meantime, uh, you should uh, check out Richard Deitch's podcast with the, with Jamel, which went about 70 minutes. I'm only planning on going about 30 minutes, but uh, before you listen to my podcast, uh, you should uh, with Jamel, you should definitely listen to uh, to Richard's podcast, which is great. Thanks for listening.